Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, on every episode, we had a great one for you. Who do we have? Oh, we're so excited to have country artist Michelle Wright with us. It's the 30-year anniversary of her album Now and Then that had such hits as He Would Be 16 and the song that changed everything, Take It Like a Man. With the release of her newest project, Milestone, she showcases the distinctive musical style that has been the hallmark of her career. And we're going to talk about all that yes, and, and then some. More. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How so, fun. We were visiting before before we uh, pushed the live on air. But yes. It's delightful to, to meet you, too. And uh, and I know you've got busy lives and family lives. And thank you for uh, taking the time to help someone like uh, myself and other artists get this opportunity to say hi and talk about the new music. Thank you. It's definitely awesome. a pleasure. And I always is. like to start the show out kind of same way. Last couple of years have been rough for a lot of people, but especially entertainment. So looking back, how did you kind of maneuver through this time frame? How did it affect you? Boy, it's such a mixed bag. Because on one hand, my husband and I were home and we were just <laughs> loving life and Thank God we love each other and love being together, you know, because I know for some people that was a little more challenging, but yes, we enjoyed our time together. And then there got a point where I was really missing just that energy that is what I do, you know, yeah. being with the band guys and hustling through the airport and getting <laughs> Go, you know, and, and dealing, you know, and, and being with the, with the fans, because, of course, that show live show is magical. My band and I have said more times than others when we've had a challenging day just to get to a show. Boy, we'll get off the stage after the show is done and we'll just look at each other and say, well, that was worth <laughs> every struggle to get there. So I started to really miss that. But what I then thought, I, I, I decided then to start writing uh, via social media. So I started writing that way so I could connect with my songwriters again. And then actually as a result of being home and, 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 and COVID, I then ended up putting together the milestone record. And when, when my manager and I went, you know what, this year is the 30th anniversary of take it like a man. And I went, you know what, I've got all these really cool songs and songs I've been holding on to. Let's put a record together. So we ended up uh, being able to celebrate this milestone with the milestone record. Uh, and I think in the best way I could possibly imagine. Wow. Awesome. That's like for us, you know, we launched this show January of 2020 with the intention of first year, maybe a hundred interviews, thought we could do that, be a great foundation to build on. And then everything gets shut down and I'm watching yes. the whole music industry just collapse. And, yeah. and I was like, you know, now people may have time for us as a brand new show that wouldn't normally have a time for us with a brand new show. I was like, we, this could be our blessing in disguise. So we stepped it up and yeah. we were doing 300 interviews that year. And we're at wow. almost 600 now. 
I was just going to say, how did that go? Wow, wow, wow. Fabulous. Fat. Well, that's wonderful. That's thank you. know, and of course, needless to say, I know we were all suffering. I struggling. I know that mentally, even for my just knowing the struggle that our that, that the world was under, you know, and, and, and the economics. The, the, so the, the other side of that was definitely heartbreak, wasn't it? Yeah. And just concern mm -hmm. for people right. and the struggle, you know, and so uh Hopefully, I, I certainly, you know, I don't really watch the news much, but it, I think we're we're getting on the other side of it in, in a pretty big way. It looks that way because la yeah, last year was the worst part. The uh, yeah. I mean, I remember when Delta came through, we mm -hmm. there were like over 50 people that I was connected to yeah. that all passed away in a, like a three month span when the Delta came through. And, and um, but. Thank God it looks like we're over. And I remember um, when all this started, Sandy actually did some research on the 1918 pandemic. And mm -hmm. and she says, well, I know everybody says we, we're going to be in this for a few weeks. She goes, but based on past, we're going to be in it for two to two, two and a half, and a half years. years. Wow. And, and that's exactly where we're at, two and a yes, half years. Yeah. So, you know, it was right on the money. That They just eventually get to the point where it becomes more of a flu. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I'm I've got, we've been out there doing shows again and people are getting out and they're singing and they're dancing and we're all trying to get back to, to life as, uh, as we once knew to the best of our ability. Eh? Right. Now you've been doing music for a long time. Um, but look back, think back years before, as you were getting started, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I always like to go deeper than that. When did it kind of click for you that this could be a career? Well, you know, I was raised on country music. My mother and father were both country music singers and performers. So we're farmers from a small farming community called Merlin, Ontario, just across the border from Detroit. And um, my parents would play local dances and weddings and the, the you know, the Moose Lodge. And the, we had the Kinsmans and the Canets up in Canada. I don't know if you guys have the Kinsmans and the Canets down here, but it's like a kind of a Moose Lodge type of organization and what have you. So my parents would play all of these different events locally. And so I grew up around music and band practice and uh, our garage on the farm. My mom would have her band over there and it was for band practice and it was full of drums and the speakers and the amplifiers and microphones and my brother. And she gave us carte blanche to go in and, uh, play around so my brother and I would go in there and I he played guitar and I would I and my mother played bass and I uh, by process of elimination ended up on the drums so oh, I, wow. Carpenter was a huge influence right and I was like okay mm -hmm. and so I started out playing drums and we did some jamming in the garage and we did a few little public school performances with my mom and sang like Satin Sheets and Bobby McGee and House of the Rising Sun and, and songs like that you know and uh, and then when I was 17 I joined my first professional band where I started making a little bit of money on the weekends mm -hmm. uh, the band called the Marquis. And then right. I moved, and then I moved on to like the 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 real popular band in town, <laughs> eighteen, and they were called the Melody Ramblers. Okay. And uh, and I would I would by, by this time I'm on my I'm leaving for college. Uh, but when I was nineteen, I went to college and I continued playing with the Melody Ramblers. And then I, I was playing with them one weekend and a, and a booking agent from Michigan by the name of Paul Wade was in the audience in this uh, it completely unsuspecting little town that we were playing in would you have ever imagined that a big american booking agent would be sitting in the audience yes. up oh, in yeah. Canada? 
<laughs> and he, came, he came to me after the first set and he said, would you come and sit with my wife and I? I'd like to talk to you. And so I did. And he said, hey, you know, I've got some touring bands that could sure use a girl singer like you. Would you be interested in coming and touring my clubs with one of my bands? And so I said, well, let me go talk to my mom and dad. Let me finish my first year of college and let me come and audition. And so by April, I went and auditioned. Uh, I got the job. And wow. by yeah. I was actually, I guys, I turned my 21st birthday was the first week I was on the road in July. I turned 21 years old, my first week on the road. And that was in Muscatine, Iowa. And I wrote a song called Reaching for the Stars. That yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, my life lies before me. I'm young and I'm free. And I know there's one thing that's a part of me. As long as I'm singing and playing my guitar, I'll keep on reaching for the stars. And, uh, and that's on my very first album, Do Right By Me. So, dear, I'm giving you a really long answer to this because it's a, it's, it, it, it is a long answer question to answer because, you know, you start out as a kid, as a teenager, just jamming and playing, you know, and maybe thinking a little bit about it. And then the next yep. thing you know, you get hired by a touring band. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you get your first album out. Like five years later, I put my first album out. And then I was wow. like, okay well maybe and then the next thing i know like nine years of playing the clubs six nights a week i got my record deal with arista records so it was not an overnight success but uh i guess uh i started dreaming the dream for real when i took that first gig oh, up wow. so joe asked how many tractors you own Ah, a few. We had a few. My my parents were farmers, combines, tractors, John Deere tractors, and we had an old Master Ferguson and uh, some Ford tractors. And yep, <laughs> I love that. Love it. You know, as, as you know, a lot of people they see the glory in what you do, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, mm -hmm. the tears, the struggles it takes to make it to the top of of any industry, really, but especially entertainment. And I always kind of want to talk about that side of it because nobody really does they just gloss over it think if you got the talent you'll make it but we both know that there's a lot of people that are broke as can be and they're better than a lot of the singers that's out <laughs> so so take yeah. us there tell us a little bit about the sacrifices you had to make at the beginning and now what the kind of sacrifices you're having to make now that you're trying to that you're making a new album yeah well, you you know, uh, taking the words right out of my mouth that I often speak, that I hear people that are so talented and they just don't get the breaks. So I never, I, I never, for a moment, take for granted that God only knows why I got the breaks and somebody else didn't. I will tell you, I worked very, 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 very hard, many, many, many years mm -hmm. out there on the road, six nights a week. And uh, and then, you know, when the record deal came, uh, the big deal here in, in, in Nat, like I said, nine years playing the clubs and, yeah. and loading up, the, you know, just doing that. And I, I, I loved it. There were hard times. I remember just wondering, oh, my gosh, am I, you know, I was 30 years old, I think, when I got my record deal. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm thinking, mm -hmm. OK, girl, you know, <laughs> you're getting to that point where they don't give out record deals anymore. So thank you. <laughs> It came when it did. Um, and, and then certainly even after that, you know, I remember at one point, and I've heard different artists talk about this. I think of Shania Twain, for example. Now, mind you, I understand that she was at a, 
a level that that few of us reach. But I, I you know, there's a, there's a degree of it that is that is comparable. And mm-hmm. I heard even Terry Clark, you know, talking about my gosh, in the heyday, you're just going 24 seven. You almost aren't even in the moment. You know, you're so busy just getting it done. And there was mm-hmm. a point where I reached a point of exhaustion and had mm-hmm. to just say to my mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I gotta just, I just gotta stop talking about me and doing this, this for a little bit, mm-hmm. but my hard work, uh, the, in the, even the musicians, so some of those road musicians I worked for or worked with, they showed up every day and did their jobs. You know, they don't necessarily get the glory like, like I did. That's for sure. Now I did end up taking my road band with me to Nashville when I got my record deal. And, and I've still got one of those original members from 30 years ago. Wow. And, 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 and some of them stayed with me 15, 20 years and then got married and came off the road and all the rest. So my hard work, my musicians' hard work, and certainly the team around me is why I'm still standing today. There's no doubt. And I need to work very hard. I'm not, I'm a farmer's daughter. I'm just not, I can't sit around. It's how boring is doing nothing, you know? Well, there's a song. There's a song yeah. I'm a farmer's daughter instead yeah. of you know, yeah. the, the coal miner's daughter, farmer's I daughter. Write, I could write that. <laughs> you should write it. <laughs> that would be a cool one to, to um, really, because. You know, she's actually from Kentucky, where she was a coal miner's daughter. Yes, and a preacher's and daughter. a preacher's daughter. Oh my, that's that one. Wow, wow, wow. So that's so cool. Well, let me just, in conclusion, if there are any younger people that are watching, just be prepared to give it, give it, give it, give it, give it your best and give it your all and work hard. And you know what? What will be will be, but it's not going to fall into your lap. Right. And that's the thing I think a lot of people, they, you know, they that's why I always like to talk about this side of it a little bit within our show, because a lot of people, they jump in and they're not prepared for what's about to happen. I mean, the entertainment industry will eat you. I mean, even what we do, you know, yeah. with this show, you know, we to get the 600 interviews and to get some of the guests we've had on, I probably get 200 emails, turndowns every month. You know, and that's and, part of the process. But then yeah. I again, but I get enough to keep the show going. And then mm-hmm. the next month I will email the same people that said no last month. That's and right. Then that's next right. month I will email the same people that said two. Uh, there's been people I've emailed seven, eight, nine times um, their teams. And then finally one will say, you know what? Uh, we'll give you 15 minutes and we'll get yeah. you know, so, yeah, yeah, 10 so, minutes sometimes, you know, and we take what we can get. Oh, great. Yeah. That's see that that's it. It's wonderful. Uh, and I want to congratulate you guys. Cause that, that, that's why it's your, that's why you're standing still, isn't it? Your heart. Yeah. 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 And, and it's fun. You know, again, you know, like we were talking about the, the work ethic and all that, mm-hmm. although people don't see what we have to do around the show, they see what happens on the show. And we love this. This yeah. is where I shine. This is where we shine. And, and this is like a passion, but yeah. the getting to this point sometimes, I mean, like the, there, there are moments where I'm like, okay, I hope the guest is that's like, okay, the, the, Sometimes the teams forget to email me to confirm that, okay, I got the link, got that. And I'm like, well, we'll be there. Don't know if the guests will be. And there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's sometimes a guest is not there. Uh, we've yeah. had one incidence where a guest actually, now we weren't video this time, so they probably wouldn't have done this if it weren't, wasn't, if it was video, we were used to be audio only when we started, mm-hmm. but we even had a guest ghost us in the middle of the show. 
Uh oh. Yes. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've had some people say, well, maybe it was internet. Can I was like, yeah. I emailed and texted them for several days. We ain't heard, we to this day never heard back from that person. True. Trying not to take it personally, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. so, so we've, you know, so we, got, you know, and again, I kind of, I'm glad that we go through uh, at least a piece of what y'all go through because if we work for a radio station and all that, you know, a lot of the hosts on the bigger shows, they don't go through what we go through yeah. because, you know, the, the show, already has it lined up they got that all they got to do is show up we yeah. have to do all the work <laughs> well, i hear you well again congratulations it's it's it it, it is uh, any like any job isn't it i mean i know a, a lot of the listeners just they're they're getting up every day and making their jobs yep too mm -hmm. so we're all we're all in there doing you know, we're all in it together we certainly are and in a lot of you know really? sandy and i were talking she just sort of sat down about 30 seconds before we went live like yeah. so I said, i'm like are you were you doing like i am trying to get the laundry done and the thing done exactly <laughs> i did some laundry together day. here before you sit down yeah. you're, you were sharing your babies uh, settled in and gosh we're all out there making it happen and it's a very right. fulfilling thing isn't it when when it comes yeah. to when you can you can lay down at the end of the day and go, well, I did the best I could. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, so we talked a little bit about the grind side, the sacrifice side. So let's flip the script and go the other way. What are some wow moments for you? And and, um, and we'll end this segment on with the new album. So start with some of the few wow moments. Well, I'll tell you, there have been many. There have been many, many, many. And, uh, you know, uh, certainly uh, winning my first female vocalist of the year up in Canada in 1990 was amazing. Uh, 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 doing the Jay Leno show just blew my mind. Uh, I'm like, I'm sitting here with Jay. What's going on, Jay? And then... Uh, Oh, winning Acad the Academy of Country Music's new artist at the ACM wow. was something I just couldn't believe that happened to me. Singing at the World Series, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the Jays and the Atlanta Braves, uh, being uh, inducted into the Canadian Country Music Hall of Fame. Wow. Uh, and, and, and sharing the stage and doing shows with Merle Haggard. I will mm. never forget. I'm like, I am on the same stage <laughs> as Merle Haggard. Like, he's on the stage. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, like watching him. But I mean, you know, I went on to before he did. I, that was one of the biggest thrills. I bet, was that tough for you to sing with him right there? No, I wanted so much just to, I don't even know if he heard me. I have no idea. I do know I went on his bus and I got my picture taken with him and, uh, and got my autograph picture and all that sort of stuff. And so I don't know if he even heard me. But uh, although I will tell you something, somebody that used to work with him that I just did a little thing with recently, he said, you know, Merle Haggard knew exactly who you were and he loved oh, wow. you. You were fabulous. Oh. I'm just like, oh, no, you're just you're <laughs> just blowing smoke. But anyhow, if that's true, so that that to, to, to share the stage with Merle and so many artists, I have the most amazing record uh, uh, autograph collection, you guys, mm -hmm. from you name it, from George Strait mm -hmm. and Kenny Rogers and George Strait in Alabama. And so get me going on all the wow moments. And I could I could just go on for for Because, you know, a lot of people think once you become um, famous within an industry that you you no longer have these heroes and all that. But you do. You you still have all this that you look up to that, you know, again, it doesn't matter how high you get. You know, you could, I wouldn't doubt that Blake Shelton probably has a ton of people that he just gets around and, and almost can't talk. 
Oh, I know it. You know it. He's absolutely, he's, uh, he's as real as, uh, and as genuine and authentic as the rest of us. And mm -hmm. you know that he, he, uh, he, I was in the elevator one time with Miranda Lambert and she said, Michelle Blake is such, he has such a crush on you. And I was like, oh, yay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. has a crush on me. Of course, I can't talk when I get around Keith Urban. So that's my, wow. I can't yeah. talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to invite you on stage. Perhaps. Yeah. I, 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 I could probably sing with him. I just don't know if I could talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, a lot of people, they see you, but they don't see the teams around you and the other artists and mm -hmm. all that. And we always like to talk about that side because teams never get love. Oh, but on so our show, important. they mm -hmm. get love because they are the village that keeps yes. it all together. So take a few moments and just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, I'll tell you what, my guy, you guys, I had the same management team for 28 years. Uh, Brian Ferryman and his wife, Sue Ferryman, and they came with me from Canada when I got my record deal. Uh, unfortunately, Sue got ALS and we lost her in 2014. And then my manager uh, got Louis body dementia and uh, I took care of him for his last couple of years of his life because his wife was gone and his kids are, you know, had moved mm -hmm. out of town and, just, you know, they needed me to be there and they, they were there as much as they could be as well. But I took care of my manager, Brian, and that man, I'm going to cry. So that guy, sorry. Oh, boy, that's funny. Whew. We worked together for 28 years. Wow. And yeah. helped me develop and create the career that I had. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I was so blessed beyond my imagination because that relationship was was loving, was professional. Mm -hmm. I always trusted him. I always knew, and his wife, I always knew that when they said they were going to do something, they did it. And I did too. Yeah. When I said I was going to do something, we, I did it. We counted on each other. Now my mm -hmm. back, my eyes are going to get worse since I'm crying. Um, and then I, 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 when, when Brian passed away, I let, uh, I worked for like about nine months on my own thinking, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to yeah. do? I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll work in the office. I'll, I'll do <laughs> into this. I went, uh-uh-uh, this job is not meant for the artist. To do. So, so Chuck Thompson uh, is my new manager now. We, we, Chuck was involved with the Judd's team for many, many, many years. And he's worked mm -hmm. with so many artists. This man, is he's got a, a remarkable career and at, at, worked at RCA and on and on. And, uh, and, and, and just coincidentally, I had gone to a new uh, T-shirt manufacturing company. Yeah. Yeah. And Chuck happened to be stopping in there to do something for one of his artists. And, and the David mentioned to Chuck that, oh, Michelle Wright was here. And the, Chuck, Chuck said, well, what's she up to these days? And I had told David of my loss of my manager. And Chuck gave him his card. And he said, well, just have her call me if she wants to talk. Wow. And mm -hmm. so uh, that was about, gosh, so I'm thinking that's been which, whew, whew, a few few years ago now, at least six years ago or so. Um mm -hmm. Uh, because Brian had started to get sick before uh, and, and Chuck and I started to work together. 
before he passed on. But Chuck came on board and I love this man. And I, I'm so thankful he, him and I uh, come from the same point of view and he doesn't blow smoke up my skirt. And, 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 and you know, uh, uh, we're doing everything that we can together to make the most of my career. And I have another great friend and another person that I can trust on my side. And uh, so, you know, my new record label, too, that I just signed with uh, uh, for the new record. These guys are incredible. So, yeah, management's treating me good and a new record is out there now. And uh, without the team, it's impossible. It's impossible. So tell us about the new record. Well, the record is called Milestone. And uh, that name, Chuck and I were uh, just talking one day about what, well, what do you want to call the record? And I said, uh, wow, it's quite a milestone at this point. <laughs> yeah. Boom. There that it is. Chuck went, well, let's call it milestone. I went, well, let's call it, you know, some decisions you agonize over for like weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, that'll do. Boom. On to the next, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So this record we redid Take It Like a Man, re-recorded Take It Like a Man, but we didn't mess with it. We didn't change anything about it because really? that yeah. had no need to change anything. We just, <laughs> right. just you know, tech, recording technology and fidelity <clears throat> has changed since yeah, then. Tech's a lot better now. It is, it is. I mean, I guess there's a, that's a point of view, really, isn't it? Because there's really something about those sounds of those records then. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's also yeah. the crisp, punchy sound that we get for our from our records today so we redid take it like a man and uh use four of the six original musicians and um uh, uh lonnie wilson was the drummer uh, on the original take it like a man and mm -hmm. uh, he used the same snare drum 30 wow. years later that he used wow. on track and i remember when lonnie when we were when we were cut and take it like a man lonnie came out of the booth and he said man if that's not a hit i'm gonna go sell shoes for a living so <laughs> right and he's never had to sell shoes for a living not just because that was a hit of course because he's an incredible musician but mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that uh, i remember logging that because i needed a hit and I remember logging in my head when he said, that's a ding dang hit right there. And so we re-recorded that one. And then we have nine other new tracks on there, four of them that I co-wrote, uh, a handful of them that I, I, a few actually that I've held on to for 15, 20 years. Wow. When I, and I finally recorded them. Uh, Loving This Day is a song that I've had for 20 years. Uh, wow. Everything More is a song I wrote when I met my husband some 20 years ago. Uh, uh, the Faithless Kind is a song that I've had for probably 25 years, and I finally recorded it. I went into my treasure trove because I was like, mm -hmm. this record is so special. And, and, and I, I got to put the songs that I really believe in, that I really love. So the yeah. album's got fun on it. It's got tempo on it. It's got songs that'll just make you go, oh, my God, right then the hard parts. And uh Everything across the board. It's country, it's soul, it's R&B, it's a little... Because that's where I come from. My parents were country singers and I was raised across the border from Detroit. So just listen to Take It Like a Man and you can sort of hear that groove. Yeah. Yeah. R&B mm -hmm. vibe that I like. Well, so this record really celebrates that as well as the, the country side of my influences. Love that. Now, we were speaking mm -hmm. of teams all ago. We, we've got a third co-host, our little 10-year-old. It comes on and asks a few questions. So yes. Sandy's going to go get him. I can't believe I'll go it. get him. Yeah. He's been so on almost every episode. Um, so 
Oh, that, let me say that is so unique and so, so original that you guys just cannot wait to meet this young man. <laughs> He's been on almost every episode because, you know, we homeschool. So we got time to bring him in and, and all of that. And, and, you know, he loves it. In fact, next year he's wanting to start his own little podcast show. We already got the name called Chit Chat with Chris. That's so cool. <laughs> so we're trying to prepare him for that. Um, but yeah, um, he started out asking one question to each guest when we were audio. We, we moved to video. I think we moved it up to two, two sometimes. And now we're at three questions. So we're preparing him. <laughs> I'm so excited. I cannot wait. <clears throat> so while we're waiting on him to come in, what's kind of next for you? Well, you know what, Joe? We are so smack dab. We're, we're, we're releasing a heartbreak song. Is a release from the, uh, from that's just got released from the new album, and mm -hmm. uh, I co-wrote the song with Adam Scott Wakefield. And mm -hmm. Adam, well, actually, he's now he's Adam Wakefield. He he was actually the second runner up or a second runner up on the Voice, and he's with the band. Called, he's a band called with Tex cult with Texas. He's with the band. I'm anxious now because I want to talk to the uh, talking too fast. Let me just say <laughs> that uh, the new single, as I said, is Heartbreak Song. I wrote with Adam Wakefield. He's a member of the Texas Hill Band with, uh, and, and of course, a, a, a second runner-up at The Voice. And he used to play in my band, so I was so proud to see oh, him. Oh, wow. And we just finished the video for that song as well, so we're getting to, ready to release that. So really, what is next for me besides continuing to do shows? We're really in the thick of, of, of this record. I don't want to move on to anything else, but just stay focused, focused on this record and, and, and let everybody know about it and celebrate it. So that's the real focus right now. And doing shows. Yeah. I'm Michelle, so what's very food? Hello, how are you? What 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 was your what did you just say? You said what, honey? I, I said what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Mm -hmm. Well, my husband is Italian and he makes the most amazing marinara sauce, mm. which is just a red sauce, right? Just with lots of garlic and mm. lots of tomatoes. So that is absolutely my favorite pasta, mm. or I like to put it on vegetables. But I, I, a close second is pizza with pineapple. So <laughs> what's your favorite? What's My your favorite is pizza. Yes, me too. Do you put pineapple on your pizza? Uh-huh. Yeah, do you? Right. Yeah. Some people say you're not supposed to. Well, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he used to has always been um, um, pepperoni or supreme was always his phase when people would ask. And they would say, well, what about pineapple? He's like, I never tried it. And he got asked so many times on this. He finally tried it and he likes it. I like that sweet and that salt is nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's your TV show? What's my favorite TV show? Wow! You want to know? I'm a, I'm a little kooky. I watch I, at, at the end of the day because we we work pretty hard around my world here between the music and my husband's business that he. That that, that that keeps us pretty busy. Uh, so at the end of the day, I like to watch a lot of stuff. We like to watch a lot of different series and things like that. But when I want to just have a relaxing, goofy, silly time, I like to watch uh, Steve Harvey's Family Feud. Ah, I like that. I just like Steve Harvey's it. one of my dream guests for the show. Yeah, right. Yeah, because <laughs> so, there's a lot of stuff we watch, and I, I, I must confess, I'm a little bit of a TV addict when I can. Because <laughs> what's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. Sp SpongeBob. Yes. Oh, excellent, excellent. All right. Okay, so what's your movie? 
My favorite movie. All these things are way too hard to answer, honey. Favorite things like that are just too hard to pick up. <laughs> favorite movie. What would be the, gosh, you want to know what's kind of embarrassing. I'm going to be true, truthful about something. I don't retain movies very well. Like after I've watched a movie, I sort of don't retain it. I sort of like move along. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be my thought? I I can't I can't name that because I don't. You, have you got another question for me? Because <laughs> what's got, yours? Because well, well, my mine is minions. Oh, very good, very good. Well, I just can't pick one movie that's my favorite. So yeah, you get, I want you to ask me one more question. Yeah. Got one more? Anything? One? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? He's thinking. He's been stumped. Yeah. See, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I got a deal. Okay. What's your favorite sports? My favorite sports? I was a total athlete. I loved sports. Um, I'm going to say my husband keeps me up because he loves on all the sports because he loves to watch them. I probably would say basketball. Because yeah. what, what is yours? Favorite sport? My favorite sport? Yeah. Easy. Probably, probably basketball too. Yeah. Now I'm a Canadian, you know, so I don't know if my Canadian friend fans or friends are watching. They might, they might they don't get mad. You didn't say hockey. Or... Yes. Yeah, say you didn't say hockey. <laughs> so, uh... They'll probably get mad at you if you ever, uh, you know, you got the predators right there in Nashville. <laughs> well, yes, yes. And of course we keep fingers or keep, we keep our fingers crossed. Uh, but, uh, I played basketball, so I think that's probably why I, I, I relate. Although I did play road hockey, and I have a road hockey scar on my leg, so that makes me an authentic Canadian. So. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Uh, bye. You have a wonderful day, young man. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been on pretty much every episode. He loves it and all that. Um, so if you could co-write with any artist, who would it be? Uh, Chris Stapleton. Ah, that would be a good one. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you could bring back any artist from the dead to be spend one day with you, who would that be? Uh, Merle Haggard. Ah, yeah. I, yeah. I'd like to hang with the, with the hag. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be an amazing and write a couple of songs with him. Uh, bring the old to the new. You know, I, 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 when I wrote heartbreak song with, uh, with, with Adam, I looked at him, I said, I think Merle will be proud of us. <laughs> so the new, the new single, I just, the two things I said, I'll bet you Chris Stapleton had cut this. And then I said, and Merle Haggard, I think he'd be proud of us. Love that. So what's a song you've heard that you thought, man, I wish I wrote that. Oh boy. Do you know, one of my favorite songs of all time is I Can't Make You Love Me If You Don't. The Bonnie Raitt song. Uh, oh, that's a beautiful song. You know, if you guys, if you listen to that song, there's not a wasted word on that song. It is so good. And then two of my other favorites, uh, uh, Better Man and um, and Girl Crush. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. That Such movie. a good play on words with the girl crush. Yes, such mm. a great, just like brilliant. Uh, 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 and Better Man just really, really struck me. Of course, why am I, Why is the band uh, slipping my mind right now? I freaking love this band. And of course, they're, <laughs> they're, 
they're slipping my mind. Little big town. Thank you. I, I, I just love those guys. And I, I have a little bit of dyslexia and some attention deficit stuff. And sometimes my, I'm, I'm always, I'm, and I'm hyperactive. So my brain's always going like nonstop. And so I apologize to little big town, but though those two songs of theirs to, were, are, to me are, and you know, I loved Peter Pan by Kelsey Bellarine. Oh, that one's beautiful. I love that one. So there's some wonderful, wonderful songs out there nowadays. You know, it kind of, you know, country music is not going to be what it was 20 years ago, folks. You know, the young generation is going to bring their new spin on it. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. it, there's stuff that you know back then there was stuff probably we didn't like you know but you well, yeah. well that, that's like when we watched that whole series called country music by, on pbs on the pbs yeah. he was he ken burns mm-hmm. he talked about during a johnny because you know a lot of people today will point to johnny cash murrow and all that as that's real country that's true if it's not like that it's not country mm-hmm. and i always have to point out that based on the past, they weren't country when they came when they out. First right. Right. And right. I, and I, like, every oh, generation's the same. And, and, and also, you know, it, music comes from the individual's life, from their exactly. place, yeah. where, how they grew up, right. what mm-hmm. what influenced them, what environment they were in. So you can be a farm kid now, be as country as they get, and be tuning into all kinds of music from one end of the spectrum to the other. And although you ultimately are going to maybe be uh, drawn towards country music, you're going to bring in all those influences mm-hmm. consciously, you know, that's sort of like what I did. My mom and dad were country music singers and they were very, very traditional, but my mom grew up on one radio station, you know, and had no TV, you know, and then I came along and I'm listening to Soul Train and American Bandstand and the Grand Ole Opry. And when it came time for me to write songs and make records, I brought in all of those influences. And so uh, just just to just to say, you know, I think there's a lot of when you're asking me about songs that I love. I think in today's country music, there's wonderful, wonderful music being made. And uh, and, and some of it might not be for all of us because some of it's not all of yeah. it's for me yeah. but there's some wonderful <laughs> wonderful artists young artists out there that are dreaming the dream and making great music and it makes me very i get all emotional when i see them winning awards and doing well because i know that mm-hmm. that they are being authentically who they yeah. are as country artists today and that's what yes. i like about country out of all the other genres out there countries is about the only uh, genre that i know of that kind of pulls a little bit of every other genre so mm-hmm. you have your rock country you have your christian country you have wow. your traditional country you have your pop country yeah. you know so you pull all that in so that no matter who you are you can find a place in country music yeah yeah it's pretty awesome and and we and we love that we love it all so yeah. we love it all yeah. <laughs> we have everything all genres but. so cool so cool. <clears throat> so where do you want to be in five years well, I definitely would like to keep doing what I'm doing, you know. Um, it's uh, just to sit in a room with people. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I still get to play in, you know, big festivals and thousands and thousands of people. And I also get to play 300-seat theaters and enjoy just uh, the intimacy of that type of, a, of an audience. It's magical. So I still tour the whole spectrum of audiences and uh, across uh, North America and uh, uh, hopefully back into uh, Europe again. I did a lot of traveling around the world and going to England and Ireland and Scotland and France and places like that are really fun to to, to go and perform. 
uh, I definitely would like to keep singing and doing my thing, uh, being able to take my guitar out of the case and sit down in front of a mic and sing a few songs. Um, do look forward to my husband and I maybe uh, spending uh, some time in Italy. Uh, we'd like to, to, to first off get there for our first time. He's Italian and we've not been there yet, so we want to go. And then we fantasize about, you know, well, would we be able to maybe once a, a year go spend a month there? And just have a have a little mm -hmm. house that we B and B that we rent or something that that that's a that's a thought that we would would love to do. Um, really, I just hope that I want to be with my husband. I want to be making music. I want to do a little bit of uh, tra traveling where I can sit and relax and not have to worry about putting my lipstick on to go do a song, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's that's kind of where it's at for me. My family, of course, I love my family being up in Canada and being able to go hang out with my family is, uh, that's the, the favorite thing for sure. Love that. Yes. Love it. And what are some things that inspire you? Boy, I'll tell you, I'm inspired by other, I'm inspired by watching people overcome, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, we're all overcoming something. It's, it's I went through 19 years of addictions. Wow. So, you know, right. It's over 14 years. That's so great. Well, so watching people overcome is something that's always inspired me. I have a, 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 a three other girlfriends that I, that we call ourselves the fearless four. Oh, I'd <laughs> love that. A, a variety of age demographic from 56, 60 right in there is our, our age and these women inspire me all the time because they're artists uh they're writers one of my friends is an author one of my friends is a writer another one of my friends is a independent businesswoman and the challenges that they have to face just to keep going and we'll sit down and talk about it you know and i'll watch them overcome and i'm like well by golly you girls, you know what? I can certainly deal with what I got to deal with to keep going too. And so that's what's that's what it really inspires me is to see my family and my friends overcoming. It, it, it inspires me. And you're talking about what people go through. I remember, you know, we we struggle a lot with this show, at least for me mentally. So a lot of times when I'm when I'm at that point where I just feel like, you know what? I'm almost ready to quit. I'll go to YouTube and I'll pull up Steve Harvey Apollo story. It's like oh, it's a 10 minute story. And he tells the story where he basically was quitting and was calling his parents to get money to come back. But all of a sudden everything happened and he got invited to a pop. It's a really great. If you, it's a great if you story, haven't heard yeah. the story, he does it way better than I do. So I'll let him tell it. So just, is it. Is it his stand up comedy event? The one that Apollo where he's, he's doing the comedy? Yeah, that was what yeah. got. Yeah, because he because yeah, he talks about really how he got started. there though. But, oh, but basically, gotcha. he was quitting, yeah. and he end up um, saying, "You know what? It's over. I, I'm not going to make it as a comedian." He was he, he went to call and he called and the, his voicemail and it was an answer machine back then, of course, yeah. not voicemail. And he had a message on there saying that, "Hey, we you know this is so and so from the Apollo. We we've heard you. We think you're funny." Um, if you can make it Sunday night, we'd love to have you on the Apollo. This was like Thursday um, or Friday, I think. And then, and then, 
he was like, then he was really devastated because he had 35 bucks in his pocket is mm -hmm. all, all the money he had $35. Wow. And he's like, well, I guess that means I'm not supposed to um, ever make it. He thought that was his sign to quit. And wow. so he calls the machine back up again because he thought maybe the guy said next Sunday. He's like, I probably scrounged enough money to get up there by then. So he calls the machine back, but it has another message on there. And this message was somebody from Jacksonville, Florida, because he was in Tampa at the time, says, hey, Steve, do you have um, time tonight? We've got an opening here in Jacksonville that, that pays um, 150 bucks. Um, if you can get here, we would love to have you on. And he so he calls him up. Long story short, he gets there, he nails it. They so said, "Hey, you know what? You're better than the guy we had for tomorrow night. So if you want to come Saturday night too, we'll get." So, so all of a sudden, he has 350 bucks. Now he shoots, gets a plane ticket, and goes up and does his thing. You know what? That's just wonderful. And you know what? I have a couple of stories like that in my own career that are crazy. That it's just. Can you tell like one? Well, if uh, you know, for, uh, I want to say when I it's interesting when I men mentioned Steve Harvey, you weren't kidding that he really was someone that inspires you. Hey, that is so cool. When I mentioned that when your son asked me about my favorite TV show. Well, I will go. I will say very quickly, if I can, that yeah. the, the, the one moment in my career that absolutely changed everything. Uh, I was playing a club in Ottawa, Ontario, as we did six nights a week. It was Friday night. It was the midnight break before the last set where we would finish at one o'clock. I came off the stage. The bartender said, hey, your agent called. She wants you to call her back. I called her back. Marilyn Caswell, Caswell, the Caswell Agency Group. God rest her soul. She, she, she was a wonderful woman that did a lot for Canadian artists. Um, so I call her. She says, hey, Michelle, there's a festival down the road at noon tomorrow, Saturday afternoon. The noon hour mm -hmm. slot band is canceled. Can you guys go? Well, me and the boys used to like to go across to Ottawa to Hall, Quebec after the mm -hmm. one o'clock show because they stayed open till three o'clock in the morning over there. Mm -hmm. So that's just across the border. And we would go and we'd hang and listen to bands and carry on. But we had to get up. If, if we were going to go do this noon hour slot, we'd have to be up and out of the, on the road by about eight, eight o'clock in the morning. So I was like, okay, boys, we're going to bed early tonight. We're going to go do this uh, noon hour slot. Uh, went there, did our gig. I was doing my last song of a one hour set. Mm -hmm. I was doing a song by Exile. Take me to the river, set me on sand. You know, I was doing, I used to do, to separate myself from the other girls coming through the clubs, I would do a lot of male vocalist songs. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I want to do every song, like, you know, why I don't want to sound like the same band that was there yeah. last week. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. going to be there next week. So I would do different songs. So I'm doing my last song of that one hour set. And unbeknownst to me, an up and coming singer songwriter by the name of Rick Giles showed up from Nashville in this little podunk town <laughs> to see another artist, a guy named Gilles Godard. Now, Gilles Godard now is amazingly successful. He was a great songwriter. Then he got into the publishing world, and now he's the mm -hmm. president of Anthem Entertainment, wow. which is one of the okay. biggest companies in, in, the, in the world for, for entertainment out there. But Rick was going there to see Gilles. Uh, to do some writing with him and do some recording for him. And he heard me singing and he was backstage and he had just arrived and I'm doing my last song. And he said, that man up there has a very interesting voice. And he came around 
Yep. Came around to the front of the stage and saw this little 120 pound, 25 year old little girl or 23 year old little girl standing there singing that song. And he introduced himself to me and his partner, Steve Bogart and him helped me make my first album. And that album got me my record deal with Arista Records. If Rick Giles had been three minutes later, guys, he mm-hmm. never heard me sing. Wow. I do not know if I would have ever made my first album do right by me. And without that album, I would not have gotten, I'm going to get emotional again. I would not have gotten my record deal with Arista Records. And I love oh, stories like that. Cause, story. Cause I, you know, and I think that's where, you know, one thing I've learned from interviewing almost 600 people from people that are rising to people who are, who are at the top and been that top. There's always a common denominator. They work, the work ethic is all the same. They work really hard. That's a given. But on top of that, there have almost everybody that we've talked to, there have been several lucky breaks that they get to where if it did not happen in the way it happened, they would not exist. Yeah. And that's the part that I think that people don't get is, is those breaks don't come if you're not working. If you don't show up, you're not going to get the break. That's exactly right. Well, you know, I, I did a, a beautiful interview with T.G. Shepard yesterday. And he, my gosh, guys, his story is fascinating. He's actually writing a book, and I cannot wait mm-hmm. to read it. We'll so have to him back on because we've uh, had him on the show. Yeah, just, what I, I don't know if he told what what, what uh, I will what all he told you, but that man's story is fascinating. But we we were so he's writing the book, so I'll just shut my mouth and let him tell the story. But. Uh, he, him and I were talking about that, how, in fact, it's almost like you're not in control. It's almost like you get on and, but you just keep showing up though. And then this, this happens and then that happens. And then, the, you know, it's not overnight. You know, I had one thing happen then two years later, this happened yeah. two years later, that happened. And then, you know, the, 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 the do right by me record was recorded in 1985 and I, and it was released in 87 and I didn't get my record deal with Arista records till 1989. Wow. So again, if there's any young artists listening, you know, in this day and age, it's almost everything happens so quickly. That's it, it, really, and it, it, it's not really reality. I mean, there are there are cases where people do sort of happen overnight. But uh, I was talking to a young artist recently, and they're so frustrated because they've been doing this for a year now. Nothing <laughs> happened. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, please <laughs> up on yourself like that. That's like even for where we are today. I remember back in 2013, she always followed my passions and they never work out. <laughs> we felt it all probably a hundred different business ideas. Oh, yeah. So back in 2013, I remember, you know, her passion was songwriting. We don't do music, but we do lyrics. lyrics. And I was like, you know what? Let's just tr- see what happens. Let's let's um write together and see follow a little bit of your passion. So we wrote like 300 songs in like a year yeah. like that. But I also started realizing it'll never get in people's hand without music. So I started friending up and coming because I knew if we wouldn't get something like that into a Blake Shelterners. But yeah. if I can become friends with people that are um, up and coming, then this might actually help. And then as I'm starting to learn some of these people, I'm like, my God, these people can sing. These people, they need to be noticed. And the next thing you know, I, I launched a website called New Country Buzz. Um, and it started to take off. We even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before she we was did. Kelsey in back then, back in 2015. And then it got so much work because we didn't, we weren't doing a show like this because you didn't have the technology. It was, I would record it and I would type it out. And then yeah, and, the uh, transcription. And it, I, it got so much work. I just said, this is just not 
worth it to me. I, I love the interview. I hate the other part. So we shut it down. And then by 2018, I was telling Sandy, I was like, you know, that domain, New Country Buzz, has never been bought. We should buy it again and do, finish what we started. So she said, let's do it. So we relaunched in 2018. Then in, two, then in 2019, I was like, you know, I think it's time for us to do a show show. Because I've been watching all the other things happen. I was like, I could tell this is where everything's going. And she was like, what'd you say to me? What'd I we, said, what would we call it? I was yeah? like, what else? A Chris and Sandy show. And I said, oh, you're crazy because nobody thought, knows And she thought I are. was crazy. I was like, but people can get to know who we are. We're in the internet age and all that. Yeah. And that was kind of, and the one thing that she made me promise when we started, don't ever ask her to do video. Oh, <laughs> and what's funny is October of 2020. I'll never forget the day because, because she comes to me and she wants our show to go to that next level. And she says, do you think that video would help our show? We've been doing video ever since. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good on you. Good for you guys. That's kind of the, pro again, like if people Good. see what we're doing now, they, it's not yeah. like just happened. It's been yeah. a, since 2013. Yeah. It's one yeah. step leads yeah. to another step. It's just like with you. It's, I mean, I love that. So as we come to a close here, um, what advice would you give that person that that's like frustrated, like you just said? Yeah. You know, you just have to show up. You, you, you have to, you know, I think you have to know what it is that you, you want, you know, well, what, you know, or, or, or more importantly, what do you want your sound to be like? What is it in your voice or your point of view that that might be a little different than other people, you know, that, that will help to separate you somehow? I mean, you need to find what it is authentically about yourself that separates you somehow. With me, it was the deeper voice, you know. Uh, and, 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 and if you've got a tone or something in your voice, that's unique, use it. If you can find a way to just, but it has to come easy and naturally. You can't create, yeah. that, you right. know, mm -hmm. I, I guess really. Like there is no other Gabby Barrett. Right. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's, it's that simple. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you have to, so if you can, Find something that's unique about your voice. Find something that's unique about your point of view or have a point of view, maybe, you know. Uh, you have to get out there and perform. You have to find out, do people respond to you? You know, if, if people start responding to you and then, a club, you know, an a agent starts showing up or a, cl a club <laughs> owner, they want to start hiring you. If you're out there, you know, I, I had a friend recently who, 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 got out of the business they've been doing it for 30 years wow nothing ever showed up for them they never got an agent they never got a record deal they never got it and you know it finally occurred to them god as much as i wanted this it was not going to be my path so if you're young you want to get out there and you want to find out if this is your path mm -hmm. can you handle it can you do what you got to do are people going to respond to you you know when you 
contact an agent and have them come and see your show? Do they do they say, yeah, man, we can represent you, or do you not hear back? You know, I mean, you have to <laughs> and understand that in the business is going to be no's before there's yeses and so on and so forth. But you got to get out there and you got to find out if you love it. You got to find out if people respond to you, and uh, and you got to be patient and understand that. And unless you're uh, you know, Leanne rhymes, uh, stuff mm -hmm. doesn't happen overnight. So you've got to be yeah. patient, you know, and it doesn't happen when you're, you know, to, 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 to you know, uh, uh, again, it's just doesn't happen overnight. Great. You want to finish the last question? Yeah. What would you like for your legacy to be in music? What would you like to be known and remembered for? Hmm. Wow, those are those questions, eh? <laughs> no, I don't think about that sort of stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that's always been important to me is respect. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want people to know that as a represent, as a, as, as a person in country, as a, in country music, I've always wanted to honor the legends and the, and the songs. To me, country music was always about the songs. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to, along with having some fun with some of my fun songs, I've always tried to find and record great songs because to me, that's what country music is about. Yeah, and I've always tried to come from an authentic place. I, 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 you know, with the, with the exception of he would be 16, which I've never been pregnant and I've never had to make the difficult decision that the woman mm -hmm. in that song made to give a child up for adoption. Yeah. Right. That is the one song that I don't know about personally, but all the rest of my songs come from a personal wow. point of view. Mm -hmm. I always tried to be authentic. And uh, so being, being respected and, and I didn't, uh, you know, there's compromise that you have to make. But mm -hmm. make too many compromises, you know. Love that. So tell everybody how they can find you. You know, as long as you don't come knocking on my door, I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I was gonna say something silly like, "Well, I live." No, 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 no. I don't mean that. Uh, although I have had a couple of people show up here, and I'm like, "Really? Ooh, <laughs> oh, wow! Not good." Mm -hmm. uh, and I like got my pajamas on, and my hair is like this, and I'm like, "Okay." Um, uh, well, you can find me at www.michelle-wright.com. That's my website. But Facebook, just uh, and you know what? If you put Michelle Wright in the Google search, the Google in the Googles, you'll find you. I, I come up in a whole variety of ways. So, uh, but Facebook and Instagram and uh, and Twitter and my website. Love it. You know, we really enjoyed having we you today, this and we look so forward fun. to having you back. Thank you, guys. Well. God bless you and thank you so much and uh, carry on. It's been my Will pleasure. Do. My pleasure. Thanks. pleasure. Thanks for your time today.